to sing the song of the Lord that just fills the sanctuary with his peace and his love and his joy. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Woo. Yes, Lord. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. Mm. Ooh, is it all right if we just flow this morning? Because I feel his presence so strong. I don't know if you feel that, but God's presence is here, and it's strong, and it's here for us. God loves us, church. God loves you. And I'm here to tell you this morning, there are some of you that don't feel his love. You feel like he's forsaken you. You felt like he has abandoned you. But I'm here to tell you this morning that God loves you. And I love the phrase that says that if you were the only one that was still living here on this earth, he would have still sent his son for you. Because that's how precious you are. That's how he concerns after you. God doesn't ignore your problems. He's not ignoring what you're going through. He's walking right alongside of you. And this is what we're going to talk about this morning, how God's great faithfulness is with each and every one of us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Well, amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's get into the text. So I'm going to be reading from Luke chapter 1, verse 1 to 26, the Amplified Version, and they're going to have it on the screen. Amen. The word of the Lord says, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel, hold on, hold on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> he all turned his head like, Lord Jesus, what was that? Let's start again. Hallelujah. Luke chapter 1, verse 26 to 45. The Bible says, In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin named Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying, and try to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will receive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. And he'll be great and, and will be called the Son of the Most High God. And the Lord God gave to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How would this be? Since I am a virgin, 
And the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And therefore the child will be born, and will be called the Holy Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son, and in, is in her sixth month, her who is called barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be according to your word. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Verse 30 now. Now at this time, Mary arose and hurried to the hill country, to the city of Judah, Judea. And she entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, her baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and empowered by him. And she exclaimed loudly, blessed, worthy to be praised are you among women. And blessed is the fruit of your womb. And how has it happened to me, the mother of my Lord, how come would come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed, spiritually fortunate, and favored by God. How many of you know this morning that you are favored by God? Amen. Hallelujah. Is she who believed and confidently trusted that there would be a fulfillment of the things that were spoken to her by the angel sent from the Lord. The word of the Lord. Hallelujah. The title of my message this afternoon is Unplanned Packages. Merry Christmas. Amen. I'm going to be speaking about an iconic godly woman of the Bible named Mary, the mother of Jesus. And before Mary was the mother of Jesus, she was simply just Mary. When I was doing my research, I found out that Mary was between the age of 12 and 16 years old. And in the Jewish culture, it was customary for a woman to marry at the age of 12 and for a man to marry at the age of 13. And no one knows exactly the age of Mary, but they know that Joseph was much older than her. So with that said, Mary was around the age that she was supposed to be to get married, right? And for the typical age for us women to get married today is mostly in our 20s and 30s. Help us, Holy Ghost, because I'm 29, about to be 30. So y'all can just do a prayer petition for me. Hallelujah. Thank you. I receive it, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. So in today's society, she'd probably be about 20-something years old. So Mary was ready to be a wife. In fact, when she was encountered by God, she was already married on paper and pledged to be married to Joseph. She probably had her whole life planned out in front of her. And she wasn't thinking about being Jesus' mother. Have you ever had plans for your life and then God came in with a different sort of plan? I'm not just talking about going to, you thought you were going to MIT and then God said go to Harvard instead. I'm talking about the type of life-altering plans. Now that may have just shook your life if that happened. But I'm talking about you thought you were going to be a lawyer like me and God called you to be a full-time minister. Or better, you thought this person was going to be your spouse, but God said, no, I have this one in store for you. Or all your friends stayed down south and the Lord sent you up north. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I'm talking about God coming in and turning your world upside down for the sake of turning your world right side up to the place that he had originally intended it to be. This happened to Mary. God revealed to her the plan, the purpose, and the package. And these are the three things that we're going to be speaking about this morning that he had in store for her life to change her status from being a peasant girl to the mother of Jesus. God also had a package promise specifically designed for you this morning. 
And he's giving you the grace to go forth by faith for the prepared destiny that is before you. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. So we're going to be talking about three things this morning. We're going to be talking about the perception of God's plan for our lives. We're going to be talking about the package of the plan, which is God's promise for our life. And we're going to be talking about proceeding with God's plan. Amen? Amen. So I'm going to ask Sister Deidre and Sarah to come forth. I'm going to ask Sister Deidre to take the small package and for Sarah to take the bigger package. Is Samara here? Nope. She's downstairs. Okay. I'm going to ask Manu if you could come forth. And I'm going to ask Kamva if you could come forth. All right, Sister Deidre, could you stand right here on this side? And Sarah, could you stand right here? All right, so I'm going to need for Nao, if you could come forth and could you cover Manu's eyes for me? You can go barefoot. It's okay. We're in the house of the Lord. This is the holy ground. Come on. Bless the Lord. If you could just cover his eyes. Make sure you close your eyes, Manu. Close your eyes so you can't see. All right, Brother Kumba, if you could choose a package, any package, beautifully wrapped by myself last night. Which one would you choose? Any package. Be honest. Don't be spiritual. <laughs> Which one would you choose? Amen. <laughs> okay. No. Just wait one second. All right. Now you can open. Oh, they're empty boxes, by the way. All right. You can open. All right. Manu, come in front. If you could choose any package, this one or that one, which one would you choose? You chose that one? All right, come here. Why did you choose this one? It's bigger. It's bigger. Why did you choose that one? It's bigger. Amen. Thank you. I'm going to explain the demonstration of what just happened right now, but their answer was what? It's bigger. It's bigger. Amen. Thank you, lovely people, for helping out with this demonstration. Oh, did you give them the money? Okay, amen. Like Bishop says, it pays, I got your $4 too. Don't worry, don't worry, I got you, I got you. Praise the Lord, amen. So we're gonna be talking about the perception of God planned. What God sees versus what we see. The Bible says that when the angel of the Lord came to Mary, his greeting troubled her, and the Amplified Version says perplexed her. He said, oh, favor one, the Lord is with you. And she tried to discern what that meant. Favor in the Greek comes from the root word charis, which means grace. And it also means to be highly favored, and it means to bestow freely upon. Mary was a recipient of God's grace. And the way that the Lord saw Mary as being his favorite one had nothing to do with what Mary had done. Mary didn't earn the title. It was freely given to her. She didn't have to work in order to be favored by God. She didn't have to earn God's favor. Like this morning, we don't have to earn God's favor. We don't have to earn the right to be children of the Most High God. Jesus did that on the Christ of the cross for us. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 5 to 6, it says, He predestined and lovingly planned for us to be adopted to himself as his own children through Christ, freely bestowed upon us. In accordance with the kind intention and good pleasure of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace and favor, which he freely bestowed on us in the beloved son, Jesus Christ. 
We also re receive this favor so that we can be engrafted into the family of God. Amen? So Mary had a two-part issue. One issue was being called favored one, and the other issue was hearing that the Lord was with her. Now, I don't know why Mary didn't understand why she was, the Lord was calling her the favored one. How come she couldn't receive this? Maybe Mary had insecurity issues, and she felt like she didn't qualify for God's favor like some of us. When I was doing research, many scholars believe that she was a peasant girl that grew up in Nazareth. And in the New Testament, when Jesus came forth and he was declaring that he was the son of God and he was doing all these signs, wonders, and miracles, they said, what good can come from Nazareth? They said, you're just the son of a carpenter. You're just the son of Joseph. What good could come from Nazareth? Now you're going to tell me, we're going to rewind. If they couldn't even receive Jesus, who was the son of God, how in the world is Mary going to receive that she is a favorite one when nothing good comes from Nazareth? Thank you, Holy Spirit. I don't know what proclamations were made over your life. I don't know if you came from an abused family, if you came from a loving family, if your mom wanted to abort you, whether you're adopted, if you came from a single parent home or from a poor community. But I'm here to tell you that God has a plan for your life that's greater than from where you came from. I'm here to tell you that God is not concerned of where you came from, but he's going to use your background as a part of your message and as a part of your testimony. God is just trying to get you to where he wants you to go, to go from point A to point B. So stop disqualifying yourself for the purpose of God over your life because you are also called a favored one of the most high God. Thank you, Jesus. The second issue is that she was scared that when the angel told her, perplexed her to hear that the Lord was with you. Sometimes in our life, we could be waiting for a sign from God to come to pass and it has taken so long. Sometimes we don't feel like God is there. We've been praying and fasting and praying and fasting and praying and fasting. Can I keep going and praying and fasting and praying and fasting? Because that's my testimony and reading the word like, Jesus, are you, are you here? Like, you did it for Abraham. Are you going to do it for me too? That could be a lonely place where you're believing God to move on your behalf. You got the prophetic word in 1997 and it still has not come to pass. But you have to know that God is with you. It's hard to believe it, but we got to encourage one another that God is still the same God that he was for Abraham. He's still the same God for us this morning. And maybe Mary was shocked that God's presence was with her because like Bishop mentioned last Sunday, there was 400 years of silence from the book of Malachi to Matthew. And now God rejected his people because they were worshiping pagans and they said, we don't need this, God. We can just do it by ourselves. We can have man govern us. And Zechariah was encountered by God's presence, but Mary didn't know that. So she didn't know that God was speaking to people now. Not to say that he was being silent, but she didn't know that he was coming face to face with them now once again. So she just had to trust in her spirit that this was God that was moving, God that was speaking. Sometimes other people may be discouraged because they're like, God's not doing it for me, so I don't know how he's going to do it for you, but you need to trust that God is speaking. Sometimes you're not going to get a confirmation. You just need to know that you heard his voice. The Bible says that his spirit testifies and bears witness with our spirit that we are children of the most high God. Nothing can take that away from you, that you are a child of the most high God and that he speaks to his children. Thank you, Jesus. 
So moving on in Luke chapter 1, verse 30, the angel said, Don't be fearful, Mary, for you have found favor with the Lord. And another reason why I think Mary was scared is because the angel just came out of nowhere. How many of you would have been scared if an angel just popped up in your room? Sometimes I'm so entrenched in the presence of the Lord, I'll feel his presence. I'll be like, the blood of Jesus. And the Lord would tell me, no, that's me. Don't worry. You don't have to rebuke my presence. Amen? Because it could be scary to have this thing with big old wings come out from nowhere. Amen? But because we know, we have some sort of evidence in the Bible that Mary knew the scripture. See, her, her cousin Elizabeth was married to a priest, Zachariah. So we, we kind of know that she maybe have grew, grew up in a well-scriptured home. If she read the scripture, she knows that when an angel of the Lord comes to you in a dream or a vision or face-to-face, -face, that means that God really has something important to say. And do you know that sometimes it can be scary when God has something important to say? That's why some of us are on Facebook all day or on Twitter or Snapchat or hanging out with our friends because we don't want to hear what God has to say because it's scary. It's scary to hear the truth about our lives. It's scary to hear that God has more in store for us than what we see right now. But there is greater that is required of each and every one of us. And sometimes we just got to put our phone on silent and just say, God, speak, Lord. No matter how my heart and my soul and my spirit and my mind is feeling at this moment, feeling fearful of your presence, which is okay because no flesh shall yield glory in his presence. So if you're feeling scared, that's a good way to feel because that means that God is asking you to get on a humbled knee before him so that his spirit can come alive within you. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. So before Gabriel told Mary about the plan, the package promise that God had for her, he had to change her perception and identity. And sometimes God is doing that for us even right now. He's changing the way that we see ourselves. He's removing low self-esteem. He's removing depression. He's removing these type of ideas, that we, the, the images that we have built up of ourselves because of our past experiences before we can really catapult into the plan of God. So be patient with the journey that God has for you this morning because our character has to be able to hold the weight of his calling and his glory in our lives. We don't want to demolish it because of our pride or because of we can't see what God can see. But he's changing our eyesight. Amen? It's a beautiful thing when God takes his time to stop you in your tracks and say, no, I love you. And I, I, I concern about you. And I want to make sure that we're on the same page. Thank you, Jesus. That's a humbling thing. Thank you, Lord. Because he doesn't want to do it without you. Hallelujah. You are as important to the plan. You are important to the plan of God in your life. God doesn't want to just surpass you and just make it happen without you or call someone else, but he wants you to do it because he loves you that much. Thank you, God, for stopping us when you stopped us, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now let's talk about the package of God's plan. Lord Jesus, I'm going to have to stop crying because I can't see. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Amen. Help me, Jesus. So finally, the angel of the Lord reveals why he came to see her. And he give her, gives her the biggest news of her life. And sometimes the promises, the purposes, and the visions that God has for us are so large and enormous. And it gets us thinking, how in the world are we going to get this done? And we start doubting and thinking, is this really possible, Lord? 
So Mary asks a practical question. She says, how can this be? You're saying that I'm going to be pregnant with the son of Jesus, the Messiah, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. The one who sits upon the throne that will reign forever and ever is going to be in my womb. Father, this doesn't match up with my circumstance right now. Because I'm already married, so how am I going to be pregnant? This doesn't make sense. And sometimes for our situations, God is asking us to do things that doesn't match up with our circumstance. God, you're asking me to write this business proposal, but I don't have money in the bank. You're asking me to do this, but I don't have the degree for it, Lord. You're asking me to do this, but I feel like I just don't have the time. I'm already getting older, Lord. I'm in my 30s. How am I going to get all these things done, Jesus? How can this be, Lord? Thank you, Holy Spirit. And I know for some of us, if the angel of the Lord came to us and said, you're going to be pregnant, we would give the angel a side eye, like, hold on, angel. <laughs> hold up, Gabriel. I don't know what God said. I don't know if you're, are you really an angel of the Lord? <laughs> Amen? Because some of us, we have our life planned out from the beginning to the end, to the T. I am going to go to school. I'm going to be a professional of some sort. Then I'm going to get married and eventually have some kids. Not today, Lord. Eventually have some children. But God's plans are greater than our plans. Hallelujah. And God sees you fit to have an important seed planted in your belly right now. Not when you think or I think that we're qualified for it, but right now. Hallelujah. So if God is calling you to full-time ministry and to leave your job, if God is calling you to do great things, how do you know, how many of you know that favor is not fair? That's what Bishop preached. Favor is not fair. And God is going to shift our plans for his glory and for the pleasure of his will upon your life. Because God can see far beyond than what we can see. We see us here, but God sees us there. And he's just trying to get us there. He's shifting our perception. And he's going to give us this plan that we're going to have to just go forth with it. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. So God gave Mary a simple answer. What was the answer? My spirit. That's it. Some of us, we want a whole essay and thesis of God, how is this going to happen today, Lord? God is not saying it's going to happen today. He said, my spirit, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, declares the Lord of hosts. So Mary's final answer, after hearing that nothing will be impossible for God, for God never fails. Now, if you hear that, you know that's going to encourage your spirit. So she said, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be done to me according to your word. So Mary gave God a willing yes. And in the book of Matthew chapter 1, verse 19, the Bible said that Joseph was contemplating divorcing Mary quietly when he found out, before he found out the news from the angel. But God went to him too. Mary didn't think about the possibility of her being a potential single mother and carrying Jesus by herself. She didn't think about how people would judge her and stare at her. She didn't think about, she had no idea that her baby shower was about to be in a stable with strangers and no relatives to be found. She had no idea that King Herod was going to try to kill her seed before Jesus could even see his third birthday. But she gave Jesus a willing yes. She said, yes, Lord. Sometimes we give God a yes. We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know how the enemy is going to try to come and kill our seed. The enemy right now, for some of us, is trying to kill our seed through depression because we gave a willing yes. 
The enemy right now is trying to kill our seed through discouragement because we gave a willing yes. The enemy is trying to kill our seed right now through suicidal thoughts because we gave a willing yes. But what was God's answer? What was God's answer? What was God's answer? By my spirit. So the same God that imparted this seed and this vision and this package promise inside of your belly, no, no matter what King Herod or enemy is going to try to come against you, God will lift up a standard against the enemy. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Lord will lift up a standard. And that's why it's so important to read the word of God and to war with your prophetic word with the word of God so that you can show the devil, no devil in hell is going to take this seed from me because you didn't give it to me, so you ain't taking it from me. And sometimes you need to go with that attitude and let the devil know that this belongs to me and you need to fight for it. Tell your neighbor you're not fighting alone. God's spirit is with you, and I'm praying with you. Isn't that an encouragement this morning, that you're not warfaring alone, but God puts you in an assembly of the righteous and with congregation and people that also have seeds that they are carrying too. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And I praise God that God sent Joseph to Mary because God knew that a Mary needed a Joseph. He knows what friends you need. He knows what family members that you need. He knows what people are going to be a part of your team that are going to be able to be seed bearers with you because they're carrying a seed as well. You're not walking alone. I know I said it, but this, some of you are not understanding. You think, you're oh, that you're walking this lonely life by yourself. You're not walking alone. If you're walking alone, it's because you've isolated yourself. God is saying you need to come into the assembly of the righteous. You need to confess your sins. You need to confess what God is doing in your life and even partake with people that can carry it. So you can say, can you pray with me, brother? Pray with me, sister. This is what God has called me to do, and I can't do it by myself. I need you to be my Aaron and her because I'm, I'm fighting this battle, and I can't do it by myself anymore. Thank you, Jesus. Sometimes we got to put our pride aside, and I know about pride. Trust and believe I know about pride. And when God humbles you, he will humble you. God opposes the proud. He resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So the first thing we learned about was God changing our perception. The second thing we learned about was the package promise that God has specifically for each and every one of us. And the third thing that we're learning about is proceeding with God's plans, moving forward and going forth in action and in faith. Because we can't sit in the seed. We can't sit on the seed. We got to allow it to marinate and germinate and to give birth. Amen? So in Luke chapter 1, verse 36 to 45, the angel said, did you not know that your cousin Elizabeth conceived a son old as she? Everyone called her barren. And here she is in her sixth month. The message version says in verse 39, Mary didn't waste time. She got up and traveled to the town in Judah, in the hill country, straight to Zechariah's house, and greeted Elizabeth. Now listen, Mary didn't waste time. She grabbed her seat and she ran to Elizabeth's house. She said, hold on, I have to see what God is saying. I have to see what God is saying. She didn't just sit there and just contemplate and was just like, hmm, forgive me whoever did these decorations. She didn't just sit there like, wow, thank you, Jesus, for this word, which is good. 
It's good to reflect what God has done for you. But you know, sometimes when we're not running with what God has said, sometimes insecurities will come back. Did God really speak? Did he really, Father, can you just, can you just tell me once again, what, what did you say, Lord? Because I'm feeling anxious once again. But Mary didn't do that. She didn't just sit down on what God said that she was going to be. She got up and went to go see what God was saying about Elizabeth. Some of us, we need to go forth in action and in faith. We have to stop sitting in our rooms and contemplating, God, is this really going to happen? But we need to go and start writing the business proposal plan. Some of us need to start writing the book. Some of us need to start applying for those scholarships and fellowships and the things that God is asking us to do. Some of us need to go start networking with other people outside of your circle so that you can see what God has something greater for each and every one of us. Because for every Mary, there's a Joseph. And for you, there are people that are waiting outside for you to fulfill the plan and the destiny that God has specifically designed for you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Mary moved forth by faith. And that's why Elizabeth called her blessed, spiritually fortunate and favored by God. Because she believed and confidently trusted that there would be a fulfillment of things that were spoken to her by the angel of the Lord. Mary didn't have to feel the kick in her stomach that Jesus was there in order to believe that God was going to fulfill his word to her. All she needed was a bit more of evidence. You don't need to have, like I said before, the money in the bank. You don't need to have the best grades. You don't need to have the spouse sitting right next to you in order for you to become prepared for marriage and prepared for what God has called you to do. But God is saying, just move forward towards the promises that I have for you. The package promises that I have for you, just run with it. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. So to explain these two packages that are right here, what was the answer of the both of them? Why did they choose the bigger one? Because it was bigger, right? And sometimes we want God's promise before it could just be a seed. We want a promise to be great. We want it to be big. We want everybody to see God has blessed me. I have done a 40-day fast, and God showed up, and he blessed me. Amen. Can I get a witness? Y'all looking at me like you're not, you don't do 40-day fast or three-day fast and saying, God, after I'm done, make sure that I can take the mic and testify of your goodness, Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. But how many of you know it doesn't always work like that? You know how many times I want to take this mic and testify that I got married? Can we be honest? Can we be honest? Now, I'm not saying that I'm, I'm hungry to get married, but I know that I have a promise over my life. And God is doing it. He's allowing me to fulfill and write this book. God is doing certain things in my life that I am grateful for. But it's not always going to be in the form of a big package. Sometimes it's going to be in form of the, the small one. Sometimes it's going to be in form of a seed that needs to be marinated and to grow with the word of God and just believe in God and just prophesying and speaking affirmations to your seed that God's going to do it for you, Lorene. God's going to do it for you, Deidre. God's going to do it for you, Sarah. God's going to do it for you, Christine. God is going to do it. You just got to, sometimes you got to pump yourself up in the spirit. Because Mary didn't receive Jesus in the form of a full-grown man. He was a baby. He was crying. She had to change his pampas. She had to feed him, breastfeed him, or whatever she had to do in order to see this seed grow. And then he became the king of kings, the lord of lords. Don't get me wrong. He was always the king of kings, the lord of lords, even in the baby form. 
But then because she did not give up and because Mary continued to move with God, she saw the fulfillment of the destiny of God.